Hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I've got a great stream with a great guest that I think you're really going to enjoy. So I leave the country for a few days and everything comes apart. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the UK and uh, as I'm trying to leave, I, I get out of there and then like two hours later, the entire air traffic control system for the country shuts down. I almost get stranded in, in Bongland uh, for, for uh, you know, intermediate amount of time. And then uh, I get to Florida and there's a hurricane on its way. Uh, so and in the middle of all of this, we've had we've had Trump with indictments and, and uh, mug shots and everything else. So it's good to be back. But uh, joining me to talk about all the madness with Trump, the mug shots, the indictments, the trials, everything going on is Wade thoughts from the Wade show. Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. No, absolutely. If anybody hasn't been checking out Wade's show, it's very, very funny. It's great stuff. Make sure that you go ahead, check out his channel. I think he's on YouTube and then has a longer show on his premium service as well. But uh, very funny. Make sure that you are watching those episodes. But but Wade had a really good take. Like I said, uh, we've had the, you know, the, the indictments. We had the mugshot come out. And I think he had a really good take on his show, kind of looking at the two processes, right? We've got something pretending to be the GOP primary, and then we have the actual election happening simultaneously. So, Wade, why don't you uh, kind of get that into that for people real quick? Yeah, well, last week was pretty wild because we had, I think on Tuesday, we had the arrest of like Rudy Giuliani and like eight other people, Jenna Ellis and several other folks got their mugshots taken. And then the next day, uh, we had trump getting arrested and getting his mugshot taken and then between those two events we had the gop debate <laughs> where everybody everybody got to get on stage and talk about the issues and talk about when the whether the social security age should be raised or you know all, how much all money those... are we getting to ukraine and israel you know? <laughs> yeah exactly no i'm Let's gonna negotiate. send more i'm gonna send more yeah <laughs> yeah so they're all competing for this this sort of prize while at the same time again the the actual political opposition is getting treated this way so th the way that things are going yeah we've got this kind of real thing we've got people getting prosecuted getting indicted legal warfare going on and then at the same time we've got you know black rifle coffee ads and on rumble and we've got all this this kind of stuff going on simultaneously while um and and both of them are pretending to be where the real resistance lies so the the guys on the stage really want to present themselves as the resistance, as we're going to dismantle the system, we're going to take it down. And the system itself is acting like that's not true. <laughs> you know, it, whether whether it's true or not, they're at least acting like somebody else is more of a threat. So, yeah, that that's that was basically my take is we've got two processes. One process is real. One process is theatrical, sort of like a uh, my pastor said something about it being like Lexington and Concord reenactments, like where everybody everybody gets to put on their costumes and present pretend that, you know, we're actually doing a battle here. And but uh, but the outcome is, you know, sort of decided for us whether we have debates or not. So it, this is kind of weird, right? And I know this makes a lot of people who aren't Trump fans angry. And, and I'll just couch this real quick. Like, I think a lot of people know that I'm generally, well, while I think that democracy is is, is wildly fake and uh, and uh, in, uh, really doesn't get the job done. Um, I, fake I, and something else. Sure. Yeah, something else that I'm going to avoid. <laughs> for a moment. But, uh, but, but while they know that this is the case, uh, you know, I do think that, that Trump is a more effective kind of tool to shake up the system. I'm not so much excited about the Trump governance. You know, I, I don't, don't really expect his, his really important white paper outlines for, you know, trade with whoever. 
uh, more about the way that that Trump impacts the system. So so when I when people say, oh, you're a Trump supporter, it's like, well, in the sense that I think he's, you know, he, he's more disruptive to the system that yeah. not that I'm super excited about his ability to, to rule. Uh, sure. But but, uh, you know, a lot of people who aren't Trump fans, uh, you know, they look at this and they say, oh, well, you know, framing it the way you just did is a is a coronation of Trump. Right. It's, it's exactly what the system wants. They want this guy. They know that someone like DeSantis or nikki haley or somebody would be like way more dangerous and so they're they're trying to they're way more electable and so they're trying to force trump on us there, there's especially a lot of mainstream pundits who who kind of push this idea that like the key is getting you know him him like you know out there uh and so they don't they don't like this framing because like obviously it just sidelines out of all the other candidates like what do you say to that we're like well by by stepping in this you're stepping into the leftist frame you're accepting the candidate that they're making specifically kind of uh, unelectable and so therefore like you're playing into their game well i would i would think that that were the case if they were if the left were treating it that way so if if um i, I think that the left was going after trump and has been going after trump for a long time not i not just i think that <laughs> they've been going after him for a long time before desantis was some kind of national figure and so people weren't they weren't trying to get us away from desantis during the russia collusion stuff yeah and I think that thinking that there has been a huge pivot from for the reason why they're going after Trump is is sort of odd with, without a bunch of evidence about it. And yeah, I mean, like Nikki Haley, of course, wants to say like, oh, they're really scared of me because I'm a woman and I'm a child of immigrants. And, and that again, they, they they're not prosecuting you. <laughs> and so it doesn't at least seem that way. Again, we're, we're just, we can only look at it from the outside. And I don't want to, again, read people's minds that at some level they've they've now shifted their reasoning for doing the exact same thing they've been doing since 2015. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's it, you can see how unhinged these people have been the whole time about him and how rav, you know, uh, ravenously they've kind of gone after him uh, after trying to get him into the, the spot because they thought he would be unelectable, which is kind of the funny part. It backfired him the first time. So even if you're trying to make that point, I'm not sure why it wouldn't backfire again, but Either way, the point is like it's very clear that the the press believes that this guy is a really dangerous threat on some level. Interesting thing, though, you know, in twenty you know fifteen, obviously, he got a lot of free press for just being who he was, right? A lot of like when he's on Morning Joe all the time and that kind of thing. A lot of people speculated that the you know the the liberal media basically nominated this guy because they gave him uh, you know in kind donations out the wazoo by plastering him everywhere and, and telling everybody to be scared of him. But in 2020, they kind of dialed that back, right? They kind of knew that putting Trump in front of cameras, especially with a opposition, was a dangerous thing, right? And it feels like with Trump out of office for a few years, they forgot that lesson, right? Like, it, like we saw him in the CNN town hall debate, and you could almost see like the rejuvenation of Donald Trump, Trump live there on stage as he got to once again, you know, uh, you know, destroy gladiators for the the amusement of the crowd. And then, you know, they, and now they've, they've just kind of ramped this up. And, and with this, you know, throwing out his mugshot there, it's, it's more like they're trying to turn him into Jesse James than they're trying to, you know. And, and so it feels like they forgot that lesson and they're buying right back into Trump's strength, which is putting him in this adversarial process where he gets to best his enemies for his supporters. Yeah. And, and it would also all of that kind of way of thinking would depend on somebody's thinking that the, the left thinking that Trump isn't popular enough. Like people don't love Trump enough. We've got to make sure that they love him even more. Right. I, I, it, it seems it seems, again, like an odd, odd thing. But they were, again, they, it's not that they were really nice to Trump until 
DeSantis came along. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, man, we got to get we got to make sure to get people away from this this real threat. And, and most of the way of thinking about that, where, oh, we've got to make Trump unelectable. Uh, we got to we got to make Trump popular. And then because we, we know that we can win is is all dependent on also believing, uh, you know, we all know that 2020 was the freest and the fairest. Right. Most, most free, most fair, the freest and the fairest. And in 2024, we can assume that it will be even more free and even more fair. But if if we're if we act as if the freeness and the fairness will not be turned up, as if we think it'll just sort of stop at some level at some point, then yeah, we can't really talk about electability. Like all, all of those, all those free and fair, all those uh, you know whatever uh, fortifying, you know, all the election fortification measures are uh, you know sort of again it's it's sort of buying into the the populist kind of delusion where you're like okay well he's he's not popular enough we got to make him more popular and you're all steering popular opinion um which is something that you don't have they don't have to do that uh they they understand how power works a lot better than we like analysts out here sort of guessing at their motives yeah i i kind of made a, a point similar on twitter yesterday that there's a lot of people of course and, and i get it like people want to believe that the process is still going forward, right? Like we, this is this is the ritual. This is what we do. This is how we transfer our, our legitimacy to our government. Like obviously, like this is kind of core to much of our identity. And so you can't like. And of course, there's a lot of machinery. There's a lot of uh, people making money. There's a lot of political uh, consultants. There's a lot of media officials. Like you need to have the conversation about the horse race and you know what what, what you know what are we going to debate about and who's who's winning in what state and blah, 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 blah. You know, you got to do all this polling and, you know, the, like all these things need to get done. All these pockets need to get lined. And so the media apparatus isn't going to want to like shift off of this normal routine of having basically like prefabricated content. It's weird. Like once you've been in the content, the content business, you can see how much of this is just like Domino's pizza showing up to your door because it's Tuesday and yeah. it's, and you, and you're just like, Oh man. Okay. Well that's not good because we're talking about like, the actual continue you know, uh, constitutional uh, continuance of our government. So uh, we probably shouldn't just like roll this stuff off the assembly line. Uh, but, 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 but it feels like there's so much of that that has to continue. So we can't have the conversation about like how this is all being disrupted because that might disrupt like our, our, our regularly scheduled media narrative. Yeah. And if, if they didn't do the day after the debate show where everybody talks about who won and then you get on different people, you get the callers to come in and they, they debate and we debate the on air personalities and everybody gets their paycheck and everything's fine. Uh, but yeah, you can't you can't do that if that's not actually the issue. And, you know, everybody on that stage wanted to make sure that they were talking. You know, they wanted to frame everything in terms of these are the issues that are facing America. This is, this is the most important stuff. And it was obviously climate change. And, and we, we saw all of that, but the actual issue that everybody that will affect the most Americans and every election going forward is elections themselves. And so that wasn't part of the debate. Not anybody, yeah. not, not a single no. person talking about ballot harvesting, not a single <laughs> question about like, how we're going to change our strategy to get, you know, but to the same day voting, reduce mail-in fraud, like not, not a word of this from anybody. Right. Exactly. And, and the only person who is talking about that is the guy who's getting arrested. Um, and so we, we all see what happens to people who do talk that way. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we start to get signals. I, we were talking earlier about like people wanting the process to continue because that's the way that it can. I mean, we all, we all grew up in a sort of system where like the first time I voted, 
I went online and I found an online quiz that would go through and I could answer multiple choice questions and I would be able to, at the end of it, find out who my candidate was because, oh, 87% of my views are aligned with candidate X. And I go, great, that's my candidate. I'll vote for that person. And that's really just not the way anything ever worked. And so at least when, when I thought, when I thought it was working that way, uh, and, and we could all just sort of like maintain our ideological purity. Um, we, it's, it's not the way things actually are. Um, I was thinking, I, I went to, uh, Walmart the other day. This is going to, this will connect. I promise. Um, I was, I went to Walmart the other day and I was thinking like looking around, um, I had a, I had a friend who was worked at Walmart, worked the night shift at Walmart in a tiny town in Arkansas. And he said that he was trained not to stop shoplifters. This, this is the first time I heard it. I heard it back in high school. He was telling mm -hmm. me about this. And when he was explaining this to me, I was going, oh, this is crazy. And then the other day I went to Walmart and just thought like everybody here, this whole system is really dependent on everybody trying their hardest to do the right thing despite the inconvenience and all of that. So I've got to go get my toothpaste and I've got to go to the front of the thing. I got to wait in line. I got to stick my card in, beep, beep, boop, and then get out. But as soon as somebody realizes, oh, I don't have to go through that whole hassle. I don't have to even spend any money. I can get through it all. Uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing with, uh, you know, getting off of airplanes. <laughs> you know, everybody gets off of airplanes and like one. Oh, well, if I if I get off first, the whole system doesn't break down. But if enough people sort of catch on to, oh, well, this I can operate. I can be the exception in the high trust thing. And then enough people sort of do that. Um, and I think, I think that the, the candidates who are on the stage are people who are like in a like post-apocalyptic world where there's nobody, like nobody's in the store and they're like walking up to the front with their toothpaste and like looking around for a, a clerk, and like ringing the bell, like, hey, I think, you know, and, and hoping, wishing that this system was still going so that everything could be back to normal. They could pretend that we live in high trust, that every, all of the rules that we were taught about how life works can continue on sadly it just isn't that way and and i'm not you know obviously we're not living in post-apocalyptic world but as soon as those first signs like the longer people hold on to the idea that we aren't headed there or at least going to where we're going to a low trust society the longer their illusions are going to be intact so like the longer you hold on to it the harder it is to let go of it uh, yeah. and it's it's difficult it's difficult personally yeah, no, I, I try to explain this to people all the time. They're like, well, I, you know, I don't understand why the, the left keeps winning this thing. Well, they, they just hand out money to people and they never seem to have the consequences. Like, yeah, because they're ready. They know the Treasury's open. Like they they yeah. they know there's no one standing at the cash register. They know there's no no security's not going to stop them on the way out the door. The only question is, is your guys grab all the toothpaste or they grab all the toothpaste? Right? There's, <laughs> there's, it's not a question of whether the toothpaste is going out the door if anyone's paying for it. The answer is no. So, the, right. the, the, you know, the question is who who's walking out the door with it? That's a terrible yeah. situation to be in. You hope that your society doesn't doesn't end up there, but you're a fool to stand, you know, to keep standing at the counter while the other guy just <laughs> runs out the door can, you know, continuously. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's very interesting that the one guy at the debate, like the one guy who's broken through, I think everybody kind of knew everyone else is a known quantity, right? You've got Nikki Haley and stuff like that, um, you know, who are just kind of the, the most obvious candidates in the world, Mike Pence, people who just were, were always going to be kind of embarrassing the establishment. We have Ron DeSantis, who's like, you know, so he's somewhere in the middle. He's competent. He, he knows what he's doing. He clearly brushes the establishment the wrong way on certain things, but he's not Trump, right? Like, and people know that, like, he is, he's, he is the, I want somebody who seems like they're pushing back the, against the establishment, but isn't Trump guy. 
And then you have Vivek, right? He kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And Vivek is the only one who's really seen, I think, significant poll movement uh, in in the forward direction, at least, um, because he's kind of out there doing like Trump light, I, I think, in a lot of ways. And so uh, I wonder what you think about that. Do you do you, you know a lot of people have said he's a plant by by the uh, by the Trump campaign to blow up DeSantis. Uh, other people think he's just running for like, you know, a cabinet position. Uh, or maybe even vice president if he's very lucky. It's not like Pence is going back in, in that slot. So what, what do you think about Vivek? Is, is he really on the outside? Does he really think he's running? Is he looking for a position in a possible Trump situation? Seems dangerous to run for a, a cabinet position in a White House where people are going to jail right now. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, I like Vivek. I like, I like what he says. I think that people are also refreshed that he, yeah. So the reasons they like Trump was because it sounded like he was saying what he thought. Mm-hmm. And not what somebody else cooked up for him. I think that's exactly why people are flocking to Vivek. Obviously, this, he's saying the same points. So uh, so the ideas are the same. But he's also, again, at least acting like he's not bought and paid for, which I appreciate. And it's good. It's you know at least good marketing. Um, I, yeah, I think he's I think he's a smart guy. I think he's capable as, as a politician, as a conversation partner, as an interview, which I mean, it, it's people people try to downplay that and just because they like DeSantis's policies a little bit more or or they just want him or think that he'd be more of a threat but you can't really downplay his again ability to communicate clearly his ability to show up on any show and be able to again he shows up on CNN and they try to play a clip out of context he calls him out for it those are great moves and it does it does move people um we'll see I mean I I I, again I won't speculate about whether he's a, a plant or whatever uh but he is certainly, uh, you know, he, he, he is better suited to be VP than Pence is, or at least <laughs> at least he's uh, is he understands kind of what's going on. So he understands that everybody there is kind of competing for uh, the second spot and every, everybody who's trying to counter signal Trump is doing the opposite of that. And, and yeah, so it's it's I think it's good for Vivek to do. It's smart for him to do. Uh, we'll again, we'll we'll uh, I. I'll leave the like secret inner workings of it uh, for speculation. I'll, I'll go think about this after the show, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right that he's definitely the uh, running the smartest plan, right? Like everybody else yeah. is running on I'm not Trump, and mm-hmm. he's running on I'm Trump, but you can't vote for Trump right now because yeah. whatever reason. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is a good thing to do because I think one of the delusions that the Republican Party had was that uh, Trump had you know that that uh, Trump their base temporarily supported Trump uh, when the truth is Trump had a base and the Republican yeah. party yeah. And it didn't have one anymore. And right. so they're very confused that like, Oh, you just take Trump out of this equation. And then everything kind of goes back to normal. It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. These voters are not yours anymore. You did, you did not, <laughs> they're not yours anymore. Uh, they, they, they go to Vivek, they go to Tucker Carlson, they go to somebody else who mm-hmm. understands to talk to them, but you, you've lost them. Like, you know, yeah. no longer wield the, the kind of the um, mechanism over them. And if Vivek is going for a cabinet position or going for VP or whatever that is, again, at least he's doing something. At least he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and right. and everybody else there is under the impression, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and Doug Berman, Doug Bergman <laughs> is under the impression that we're all here to try to get our poll numbers up. Because when our mm-hmm. poll numbers go up, then we become president. Right. <laughs> and, and like that's that's just not what's happening there. And I appreciate at least I'm assuming, again, that, that Vivek understands that right we'll see (laughs) so so before we get to the the trump uh 
shot, you know, the the, the Trump uh, uh, mug shot. I do want to talk to you about the, what you mentioned before, which a lot of people aren't focusing on, which is the 10 other people who were arrested in this, right? Yeah. Like, most specifically, a lot of lawyers, mm-hmm. people who advise Trump, We've already seen this uh, a lot, a lot, a number of uh, of obviously uh, Trump cabinet officials and other people connected to the Trump campaign uh, have been uh, you know, arrested or, or investigated, uh, had their lives destroyed, uh, you know, kind of due to their connection. Of course, from one side, the left will just say, oh, that's because they're all corrupt. It just so happens that all of our political enemies happen to, to be corrupt. How, how lucky for us. Anyone who who, uh, you know, has any kind of real threat to us just happens to be a criminal. Man, that's. How amazingly convenient that just, you know, if we lock them away, it's totally justified. But for anybody who's, you know, not complete slobbering idiot, like it, it obviously like it, it seems like there's a, a very real you know effort to criminalize any real opposition. And especially when you start going after people's lawyers, like now you just don't have six amendment, right? <laughs> like, right, like, right. like we've, we've lost so many other amendments, but, <laughs> but now we're, we're, we're getting rid of like even the illusion that you're allowed to have an attorney represent you. Because any attorney who represents you is literally putting their freedom on the line. Like anybody yeah. who works for Trump, advises him in any capacity, could very well end up being you know, criminally prosecuted for daring yeah. to be a part of this. And we live in a regime, whether we like it or not, which is based on uh, complex te- technical managerialism, which means you need to have tons of lawyers, tons of experts, cabinet officials, highly educated and credentialed people need to be part of basically everything you do every step of the way. If you don't do this, you're going to get crushed by the procedure. If anybody who works for you, anybody, any, anybody who has put all their time and all their effort and still managed to get out through all of these incredibly progressive you know, educational systems and, and DA's offices and everything else and still be willing to work for a Republican, if they know that going and working for these people will immediately get them arrested or end up putting them through a process that kind of cost them a million or more dollars in, in attorney fees for themselves... Who's ever going to, you know, defend this person? Who's ever going to work for a Republican that actually threatens the system again? Yeah. And and the most recent case is all about lying. So that's like the central issue. Did did Trump actually believe that what he was doing was rescuing the election from the bad guys? Or did he think that did he think that he was uh, sort of wanting people to find votes that weren't there? That's that's at the center of it. And then so he brings in other people to give him legal advice. And so, number one, they have to prove that Trump thought something. So they, they have to mind read him or find some kind of private conversation where he said something that is obviously saying that what I'm doing out here is lying. And he's also got to talk. You know, also got to talk about the lawyers and the lawyers don't have to agree with their client. Right. <laughs> like they can. The lawyer can see, oh, well, I, you know, whether I think this person's guilty, innocent, whatever, or whether I think that this election was the freest and the fairest or they believe some crazy lie. You know, if wh- whatever they think, they're there to help their client. And if whatever their private beliefs are, that, that's the worst thing that they can say is that the, they were acting on something that they didn't believe they were giving the, him the best advice that they could. And is that has has that become a crime? I mean, and we'll see. We'll see if that is enough. You know, believing something and helping your client to attain X is again. Here, here I go trying to apply general principles right, <laughs> to right. this case. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. And and it obviously is going after him because he is Donald Trump. It's not like no, nobody's going like, well, I guess lawyers can't do that anymore. Um, right. It's it's what the the specific end that he wanted. Uh, and that's that's the thing they want to stop.
yeah, the law is exactly just subject to the, the, the current political interpretation. There's no, like you said, there's no general rule we can understand from this. We can extract from from this. It's not applicable yeah. to everyone. It's just because mm-hmm. he happens to to be in this particular. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's not that tweeting about OAN is illegal. <laughs> it's, that, right. it's, that, it's that him him I, doing it at that time for that reason i have i have encouraged people to watch oan at least seven different times oh no from when i've appeared appeared there so i might need to retain a counsel i don't know all right come on yeah, yeah. it's all over for me guys it's i'll uh i'll start yeah. my prison notebook i'll get yeah, my gramsci uh picture uh, the mugshot yeah. now yeah right yeah, yeah i'm gonna make sure i need to work on my blue steel uh before i end up in that situation uh, absolutely well so how great was the face oh there yeah so yeah so now we actually get into the the mugshot right. itself right yeah so so obviously amazing mugshot like whatever you think about it like just like trump knew exactly what he's doing he went to practice that uh, uh several times before he yeah. got in there took exactly the zoolander face threw it right up um <laughs> Uh, and the amazing thing about the mugshot is it's simultaneously it, like it really is the 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 uh, Scott Adams you know two movies on one two two movies on one screen yeah. where you got the exact same mugshot all the Trump supporters were this is amazing they've destroyed <laughs> themselves this is the end they'll never get Trump now he's an outlaw he's he's a, he's a hero uh, you know this shows how how he's the rebel and you know th- this is going to be all of the anti-Trump people were like. He's a criminal. It's over for him. He'll never blah, 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 blah. What, what is this? Did either of them have a legitimacy to what they're seeing at? What does this mugshot actually do, do you think, for him at the end of the day? Yeah, it is almost like they could have just released a Rorschach test and then <laughs> said that was the mugshot. Or just put the ink block up. And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And everybody goes like, wow, Trump is the best. <laughs> or other people don't. Yeah, I, I think that it absolutely just makes people reinforced in what they believe. Hmm. No, nobody's mind was changed about their candidate based or about about trump based on that mugshot but you know it what it does do and i that that's i think part of the issue we're we're four indictments in right this is the first mugshot and so did these other like jack smith and uh all these guys did they just have the sense to know ah well it's going to further reinforce people's loyalty so we don't want to do that. And then Fannie Willis is just like, let's get him. Let's, let's do do whatever it takes. And I I think that's probably what it is. They just yeah, I was gonna say to I I am I am on the size of side of incompetence here. Like yeah. I mean, incompetence does seem the most likely. Yeah. Like it, guys, it's not stupidity, stupidity or malice. It can be both. And here it <laughs> it is most certainly Occam's razor. No, you know, gone. Done. Yeah. It's defeated. Yeah. Um, oh but, man. But yeah, no, I I really think it it feels like it's something that they shouldn't have done. Everybody else had. A level of discipline. I don't know that it helps Trump long term, you know, with the American people, but but it seems like every other person involved in this process knew better. And she was just like, <laughs> no, like just you know, had that wild eyed <laughs> yeah. girl boss. I'm taking yeah. him down. Well, I know? mean, there was a, a clip of the like whatever sheriff or whatever giving a presentation about it and just going like he's going to get a mugshot. Like right. just had this, this smug look on his face. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they were sitting there going, you know, if if they had the restraint if they would have had the restraint in that press conference not to smirk, <laughs> then I would have thought, ooh, maybe maybe there there is some big plan here. But but at least the, at least at that level, they don't have the self control to hold themselves back. So we know that the, the obviously the debate took place. Now mm-hmm. Trump comes over the top from from you know from the turnbuckle with the elbow uh, and just drops the Tucker Carlson interview. Yeah, it gets way yeah. more attention. It gets way more views. I'll say the interview didn't seem very impressive. He, he seemed old, honestly, yep. like Trump seemed yep. old and tired, which makes perfect sense. Both of these guys should be sitting on a on a, you know, 
uh, a porch somewhere with a rocking chair and a nice pillow and a, and yeah. a good blanket and <laughs> handing out Werther's to any, uh, you know, uh, kind young women who, who happen to walk by. Like, like yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's the stage they, of life yeah. that both of these guys they are They deserve in. The, the coziest. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's very confusing that both of these guys are like in the position they're in. But I mean, Trump obviously is is much more there than Biden. But but he he does. He seems to have kind of lost a step a little bit. Maybe that's good. I mean, the the <laughs> the, the speed at which Trump traveled, perhaps perhaps uh, you know, taking the 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 foot just slightly off the pedal is yeah. is an improvement overall. Um, but but the thing that happens is not so much. It's not really that you know, like you said in, in your video. It's not that Trump did it at all. It's it or it's not what Trump said. It's that he did it. You know, yeah. and uh, and and that kind of changes things. What do you think that does for the process going forward? Like, obviously, you're probably not just going to have, uh, you know, a guy with Trump's popularity, like popping on, you know, an alternative platform, destroy all debates from here on out. But like, what do you think the fact that like uh, the entire process can be just upstaged by a random Internet broadcast do to the idea that like this formal process of of, uh, you know, like the GOP uh, uh, selection process like really matters? Well, it's obviously a point about media. I mean, we can obviously say, like, it's obviously a point about Twitter versus Fox News. And I think Rumble was also uh, there. Uh, the GOP was streaming it on Rumble. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a comment about where things are going media wise. It's also a huge comment on the importance of personalities. So it's, it's not like anybody. It's not like uh, if Tim Scott would have would have decided to get an interview with uh, I don't know, Chris Wallace. And they, they decided that they were going to no, do a Twitter. Just halted the process. Yeah, exactly. We're like, not watching the debate. We're going to watch Tim Scott. You know, yeah. <laughs> He's on Twitter or X. Yeah. So that, that it's not entirely a position on, on uh, just, just the media. It's not that this is just inherently better. It's that it is a way around the official process mm -hmm. for people that people already care about. Um, I, I think, I think that's probably the biggest lesson is that no matter, I mean, you said this before, no matter what we might think politics is about loyalty yeah. and it is about personalities. And so people have more loyalty to Trump than they do to the entire group of people standing there on that stage. It's just the case. I mean, we, we can just see that in the numbers. We can see that in terms of votes. I mean, like, you know, Trump getting, yeah, Trump getting all those votes in 2020 is not nothing. And it's more votes than any of the other people standing there have ever gotten. So again, it's, yeah, it's media and it's personality both at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a critical point. Like there I know this scares people a lot, but it's just what it is. Like when the process is the problem, you need something that can be above the process, right? And at yeah. this point, it is personality. It's 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 not loyalty to a party, it's not loyalty to an ideology, it's loyalty to one guy who promised to do things and take care of me, right? Yeah. And 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 the system destroyed him for doing it. Mm -hmm. Right? That it's it's yeah. hard to get past that reality mm -hmm. with people you, you talk to these people and, you know, uh, I am in a neighborhood where the Trump flags never came down. Yeah. You know, to, to yeah. this day, there's at least <laughs> 10 houses just uh, within two streets of me where the majority of the decor around their house is, is Trump. You know, I voted Trump. Don't blame me stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like this, this is a real thing. And whether I don't think honestly, I don't think Trump deserves it. Like, I really don't. <laughs> sure. like, sure. like I, yeah. I, I think he's an imperfect vessel for this. I think uh, the this is how desperate people are that they'll they'll entrust this to someone like Trump because they're just desperate for anybody who even smells like they might, you know, kind of, uh, you know, be worthy of this. But, you know, when when you're looking at a process like this and you have a personality like Trump's, you, you can stand above it. Right. You can stand mm -hmm. above something that's obviously sick and decaying and dying and becoming irrelevant. 
And something like Tucker's interview allows a person like that to step beyond the oligarchy, step beyond the machine and say, I'm going to interface directly with these people. So like you said, Asa Hutchinson doesn't get to do this, right? That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't really work for him. But if you have the right combination, if you have the, the, the person touching the right voter base, uh, working with the right platform, it is still possible to kind of escape from kind of the media circus and its controlled environment. Yeah. Well, what, we've got a guy up here. I mean, I'm in uh, northern Idaho. We've got a guy who drives around constantly. I don't know if he has a job, but he like he just drives around with two flags. One says like Trump 2024 and the other says FJB. So those, like that guy. And if I were to like wave that guy down, stop him and say like, hey, who do you think won the debate? <laughs> he doesn't care right like, like he, he knows who he's voting for he knows who's who he's excited about because he has personal loyalty to this guy and i i was gonna say oh wouldn't it would be great if we could all be just pure like ideologues and have our brains floating around and just pick everybody like all the brains that think this way go over here but it wouldn't be great no <laughs> it would not it would actually be a, a an entire like it would cut us all off we've talked before about c.s lewis and and the abolition of man like we are not just heads and we need loyalties we need like things that tie us together and yeah it, it is sort of sad that there is uh all of this personal loyalty to trump he's not again he I don't think he deserves it either. I, I agree with you. Um, but it does speak to people personally. That is going to be expressed in views on whatever platform. So he was he was on the Fox News debate in 2015, even when he wasn't as popular as he is now. And they got record views. Again, so they're following personalities. I'm, I'm glad that the avenues exist to, to circumvent all this stuff. Because otherwise, yeah, I mean, if you, you have a uh, sort of a, an, a, like another event like if, if the internet didn't exist, if Twitter didn't exist and Tucker hadn't just been fired, then what else would he do? He just hosted rally. And that wouldn't have the exact amount of impact. Again, it wouldn't matter the content. It would matter. What matters is the competition. And I mean, I think he clearly won with eyeballs, th- those votes. Right. And then yeah, I think that's, that's really key because again, people say, Oh, well, it's not principled to be loyal to like one guy. It's like, well, it is principled that what you're talking about is ideology and ideology. The thing about loyalty to ideology is it's slippery. It can always be slightly tweaked. It can always be recombined and readjusted. It can always be redefined to make it okay to betray somebody. But like loyalty to particular people is required, requires you to go somewhere else, right? It requires yeah. you to, to, to see bonds of a person. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's, that's why it's so easy for people to betray their families today, right? Like, yeah. oh, you don't agree the current oh, progressive yeah. NPC talking point? Well, then it's more than fine for me to disown you. I don't have to take care of my parents when they get old. I don't have to, you know, worry about in, you know, uh, you know what they think. I don't have to live under these rules because at the end of the day, uh, my loyalty to the regime frees me from my dependency, my loyalty to my family, my religion, my community, right? right. And so there's always a reason to defect because, in principle. I'm a principled person. I can just, you know, find a reason why these people are unworthy of 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 my sacrifice, my time, my my uh, commitment. And so, uh, you know, again, it, I know it worries people, but like when you have a person in that scenario, uh, you don't have that ability to wiggle as much. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that person just is, you know, doesn't have to earn it. Does it? Again, I don't right. think Trump really has has earned it. I don't think uh, he really uh, deserves what he has. But they yeah. should. But I. But I encourage people, even if you hate Trump, to observe the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like even even if you you know have a little bit of the, here's here's my Machiavellian guys. Like like 
you know, draw back a little bit and rather than focusing on you know who Trump is or whether he deserves this or whether he's got the policy chops or the you know whatever to get this through and and get the job done stop staring just directly at your emotional you know love or hate uh, even looking at Trump's record pull back and understand the forces behind Trump and understand why they aren't the forces behind DeSantis or Haley or or you know Tim Scott I think Tim Scott's like a nice guy like sure. actually like the difference between Tim Scott and everybody else in that um in that uh, uh the summit event was that I think Tim Scott even though he was embarrassing like shared the values of the people in the room yeah as yeah. where like everybody else there was just like obviously they don't care about those people right like yeah like right. like you're not a defense crack contractor none of you can get me uh can get me uh, on a corporate board like yeah like it's very clear that they're just working through you know all of the yeah. check marks that they need to as we're like mm-hmm. you know he at least at least felt like you know he's somebody who would go to church with these people on sunday yeah. right right and mean it um but but it's just interesting that uh that yeah that, that this this uh loyalty to to a person even if you don't like that person uh it, just understand where that energy comes from and then wh- why it won't transfer to again somebody like DeSantis, somebody like hey yeah. Well, and and what you just said about uh, loyalty, you said loyalty, like it's not just that the left is loyal to ideology and the right is loyal to people. It's that people are loyal to people right. or and and that is true of the left, too. So it, it's not true that like the left just has these principles that they're aspiring to. And the, as long as they're consistent with the, that ideology, they're actually loyal to the regime, just like you said, they they, they value the uh, in the uh, opinion of the regime over the value of their family, or they mm-hmm. value the opinion of the regime over the, their church. And so they get to deconstruct and they get to leave their, leave all of their like local ties, their unchosen bonds. And so, yeah, they get to choose their, their loyalty now to, to the regime. And, and if you understand that, then you can, again, under, understand that we're not operating in a like the kind of thing where, again, you go on and you take an online quiz and it's this impersonal percentage point and that decides who you need to vote for because they express your opinions better. So now I guess let's get to the post mugshot fallout. So the, the next thing that's happened that uh, has, has kind of made what's already a cartoonish process even more cartoonish is now we have judges like battling to be the very first one to be allowed to mess with the election like, which is already like you're obviously and, and yeah. guys, I hate to share. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to shatter the the, the the hearts of some people here. But, you know, like, like we've already talked about, you know, the elections of, of 2000 as free and as fair as they are, uh, they're going to continue to be or, or, or be increasingly more free and fair. Uh, that There was yeah. this there's this narrative illusion that like that, you know, Trump with it was a specific anomaly and 2000 was was a one time thing. And even though, you know, a lot of people who would admit that it's wrong would say, Oh, but they're not going to have the energy to do this again, right? They're they're never going to have the they're never going to have the focus, you know. That they they all came together in this one moment, but they can't do that every election, right? And then literally one election later, they're trying to lock <laughs> people into prison. And yeah, so, like people yeah. who are people are still repeating that narrative. They're still saying like, oh, they're 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 not going to try to 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 fortify this election after you know. There's just no way they can coordinate that again. Yeah. Like literally, as they're watching four <laughs> different indictments go yeah. through on the majority on like the right. leading candidate of the opposition party. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have like, to speculate. Yeah, it, it's happened. <laughs> it's, yeah, right. we, we 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 don't. Yeah, get, get, you know, years out, we're already in this place. Like <laughs> like, sorry, but the energy's going to be there for a minute. Right. Like like, right. I hate to break this to everybody, but um, 
you know, obviously we have, uh, you know, the 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 uh, judge in uh, Georgia wanted to, wanted, you know, the, the most recent indictment, the one from which the mugshot came, mugshot came from, uh, wanted to hold the trial uh, the day before Super Tuesday, right? Like right right before, um, you know, just happened, uh, could have been scheduled any given day, but just happened to be the day before uh, the most important campaigning day of any primary candidate whoopsie daisy how did this possibly happen uh the the governor of georgia was like no you know we're not doing brackets like no we're not we're in and so the dc judge is just like actually uh well we've got an indictment too and we also just happen to have this one slot open on exactly this day right before super tuesday amazing coincidence i don't know how the scheduling here happened so now that you guys aren't putting them in we'll just put you know pencil them in for exactly the same day again just randomly no no yeah. you know nothing but but it kind of at this point like i don't know I, I guess i don't have a question here other than who were we kidding right like <laughs> like like who are we kidding with this at this point yeah no it, it is hilarious that they can be quite as long as they don't say it out loud that that's what they're doing then everything can continue on and everybody gets to <laughs> pretend that there is some amount of uh coincidence in it all and and it is it is an odd thing you know i i, I wonder what the conversations are like in the other gop candidate camps are they, are they going like, yes, <laughs> right? Are they, are they at right. some level relieved? Like, oh, cool. He's surely they'll never come for me. You know, like I, like I'm, I'm faster than this guy. The I'm feeding the crocodile last. It'll exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah no, it's that's, I, I assume that that's what's happening. I hope not. You know, I, I hope that all these guys are maybe not in Tim Scott's case. You said he's a nice guy. So <laughs> I don't know. He's like I said, he just seemed like the, he seemed like the one human on stage that sure. like yeah. actually, you know, cared about the values of the people yeah. he was talking and he, yeah he wasn't as polished but that was kind of endearing sure right right yeah. right yeah like yeah like i said it's embarrassing like he's just yeah. kind of randomly like standing up and like <laughs> you know thrusting in front of tucker carlson in very odd ways on his way to walk across the stage and like you know face everybody it was yeah. it was definitely one for the cringe bin but at least yeah. like i said at least he, he it felt like you know that's because he was nervous not because he just didn't yes. care yes he wasn't he wasn't immediately pivoting into like well that's not really my concern how many tanks can yeah. i cram into the the head of a pin in ukraine you know like that yeah. that, that was not his immediate pivot on every question so um <laughs> it's good for tim yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a low bar but he cleared, <laughs> it, he cleared it admirably so i want to i want to give him some credit for it um but yeah so i guess you know we continue to see this kind of cartoon uh, roll uh, of the process rolling out with the, with the indictment dates and everything. Like you said, as long as no one kind of says out loud what's happening, apparently the GOP process, the you know, is just going to continue to pretend like this. Oh, uh, you know, uh, the most important thing isn't the indictment; it's uh, you know, it's retirement reform or something <laughs> like that. So obviously, a lot of this is going to hinge on what happens with Trump. Even they'll even let him run. But but I guess the next big barrier is you have a number of people, even some people from the GOP. I believe uh, there's like a, a DA somewhere in, in Massachusetts or something who's a Republican. But uh, but they're looking as to whether or not Trump can be removed from the ballot due to the 14th Amendment. Right. Because 14th Amendment after the Civil War, one of the things it says is if you uh, were involved in an insurrection, you can't run for president it's really the only qualification where you can't most people don't know this but you can run from president from jail uh mm -hmm. after committing murder like the the requirements for for being president are you have to be 35 you gotta uh be born in the united states and you have to live here for 14 years that's it that, that's the entirety of the, of the thing you don't need anything else 
And so like the 14th Amendment is really the only addendum to that. And, it, you know, and that's the reason yeah, I try to explain to people like insurrection was not a random. You, know, they, you never heard anyone use the word insurrection until J6. And then all of a sudden, magically, everyone, you know, got on the same page and every media outlet and every Democratic politician just somehow knew that January 6th was the was the you know, it was an insurrection. That was the term to use. Never, never heard it before from any of these people, but all of a sudden they knew it was key. And that's because legally in the 14th Amendment, if you can get it qualified as one, technically the person shouldn't be able to qualify. Yeah. Well, th- and there are statutes that it's like, OK, well, they could have charged him with insurrection. Right. Right. <laughs> in, right. In the, like th- that was an option, but none of these are. It's sort of a like roundabout way of trying to say that that's what he was doing. But again, like it, if he's not convicted of insurrection can you still say that he committed one in for the for the purposes of the 14th amendment i again like it's all it all just feels like everybody's pushing as hard as they can to try to like yeah it's it it is not uh an above board process yeah i know i'm not telling the audience anything new yeah (laughs) it's really the comments yeah (laughs) it's it's really a uh, whatever sticks right like it's i don't think anyone really expects any one of these things to be the key that takes him down they're just throwing everything against the wall. Though I have seen the people who think that like the Democrats are desperately hoping for Trump, they're saying like, "Oh, well, the only reason he wouldn't charge, they wouldn't charge him with insurrection, is because they wanted him to be the candidate, right?" Yeah, so like yeah. th- that's the reason that they didn't charge him is they still wanted him to legally be able to run uh, because they knew that like you know indicting him would make him unelectable, but if but they still wanted him to to still be the candidate, so they didn't. They, they just went with all the RICO charges. They didn't uh, hit him with uh with that. So. Yeah. Uh, again, again, Trump not popular enough for the left. They, right. They right. really wish he were more popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that seems to be the going theory, at least. So yeah. but but yeah, it is it is fascinating that you you kind of have these legal uh, these legal machinations uh, still. Uh, you know how I don't even know how we're going to get to 2024. man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. trying to I, I'm, I'm really looking at the country. and I'm just like, how do how do we continue to pretend there's a legal process yeah. in, in the in the next year or so? Well, anybody who like gives you some kind of specific, this is going to happen right after this happens, is just guessing, you know. Right. <laughs> like, and and so anybody who says some kind of confident, oh, this is exactly how twenty twenty four is going to look. No, I mean we just we just don't know. And like, okay, so Trump, let's say Trump is the nominee. I assume that's what's going to happen, and then he loses. You've got, you know, arguably half the country uh, who likes him and thinks that their vote doesn't count twice. Right. That's bad news. And <laughs> like that's like and and some of those people are in power. Some of those people have like are state governors. What do they do? <laughs> and and again, we right, we still have like state. The states are still the people who are in charge of these elections. And and it's it's you know, we've got lots of everybody starts talking about all of our options for how to deal with this whole like all of the freeness and the fairness. Right. And everybody starts to think like, oh, but we we shouldn't cheat. Like we shouldn't we we don't want to do the thing that they're doing because of X. And, and I understand that. But we're we're not even doing everything that we could do legally, like you were right. talking about earlier. There, all of these state governors, no nobody's really pushing hard. And the people who are on the stage evidently don't think it's enough of a big issue to be able to even bring it up at, at the debate. And if again, like obviously they didn't talk about it in the first one, but if they don't talk about it in the second one, then they're again second time ignoring the only issue of the election, which is the election. I, I thought this is is really weird that we didn't get a lot of this. Like DeSantis isn't just sitting on this because he's one of the few governors that did clean up the electoral process for the yeah. most part in Florida. Like, like to his credit, 
uh, one of the things that he did that that most other governors did not do is he saw the problem with this and he said, all right, nope, we're rolling back as much of this as possible. Why doesn't he spend all of his time talking about this? Why doesn't he hit like that just nonstop? It's like, I am an active governor working to remove this, you know, th this corruption from our process while everybody else is, you know, talking about Ukraine or whatever. I'm talking about fixing the legitimacy of our elections uh, while Donald Trump wants to, you know, pontificate about where he should be with it. Like I'm actively taking like it seems like the easiest thing in the world him to run on it's a critical right. issue and he still won't touch it and and you don't have to convince people that it matters they right, already right. know that like right. they're they're looking at this election that they voted in and at least some of them think that there was enough of a problem that there was action that needed to be taken and so again you don't have to in this in way in the way that people are trying to like are talking about like this is why the ukraine war is in the interest of in America's interest for us to be involved in doing that. You don't have to convince people in that way to talk about election rules. Right. And so, yeah, it just, again, it seems like a hundred dollar bill sitting in the middle of the street and yeah, DeSantis, I, I assume it's people in his ear saying like, don't come off as a conspiracy theorist. Uh, you don't want to be lumped in with this guy you're focusing. And he, he has been told also like, don't talk about 2020 or 2021 talk about 2024, the future, you're, you know, our best days lie ahead. And I, I think that that's, I think it's a mistake how he hasn't fired every campaign consultant. He has <laughs> twice. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, he used to be Ugh. so good at picking up hundred dollars. Literally. That's what he yes. did. He's, a, yeah. he's just like, Oh man, uh, that thing's super easy. I ban that. Oh, right. oh uh, yeah, Disney. We hate them. Oh, you don't get those tax breaks anymore. You're just, just picking yeah. them up all day long. That's what he mm -hmm. did. And then, yeah, who, who is telling him this? Just, yeah. The, one, one of the great, yeah. you know, this, this is a Napoleon invading uh, Russia in the winter, you know, level yeah. of blunder. That's just amazing. To hold. <laughs> um yeah but but anyway uh so i had one more thing i wanted to get to before we went to and now making fun of campaign consultants has <laughs> evacuated all well I, i'll just i'll continue your point okay. the uh the thing about camp campaign consultants i think that like desantis seems nervous now yeah there's something i haven't seen him ever be like he's a he's a good public speaker. He knows how to relate to people. He's not, and and I understand that he doesn't like being on the campaign trail. And there's, you know, that's pretty obvious that he's not exactly happy having to do every single stop. But he doesn't. He never seemed nervous this way. And I, I, yeah, I, I think that that has to be that there's a bunch of dialogue going on in his head, and he's trying not to step on landmines. And I, yeah, I, I think that's a again uh, like whoever those people are, let's fire him twice. Yeah, I, he was people forget this but like one of the reasons he gained uh some notoriety was not just his effective policy prescriptions but the fact that he handled the press really well like he got yeah. into you know uh, press conferences he made fun of reporters you know he did he did the trump thing right like he 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 mauled the media for the crowd um he he was able to play it you know he was never as good as trump but he's pretty good like he had he had a he had a, a good way about him and no. then now we get like that, the, the slow half smile of horror doom thing, you know, and it's just like, you know, what oh, happened? Man. Like, like, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a travesty. It really yeah. is. Uh, hate, yeah. hate to see that level of potential blown up. But yeah. I guess uh, I guess I guess there's just nothing that uh, that could be done there. You hear the whisper well, in your ear and. Yeah. Well, I mean, good news is it does sound like he's going to stay in Florida. So, yeah, right. right. We, we will continue. Well, that's an interesting aspect, too, you know, depending on how this hurricane goes. Uh, you know, he uh, obviously uh, started with one down here last year, but uh, 
it, you know, depending on the severity of the hurricane, he might need to focus. That's going to pull him away from the you know campaign trail. You don't want to be seeing campaigning while your state is going through a major natural disaster. So that yeah. that'll be n- nothing to really say about that. Just something to note for totally uh, for for kind of the upcoming. All right, Wade. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the questions of the people here. Look like we got a super chat or two. But before we do that, can you please tell people to find your hilarious work? Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. The Wade Show with Wade is the name of the show. Uh, search it on YouTube. I believe it's, let's see, it's right here. The Wade Show with Wade. Mm-hmm. Search that on YouTube and uh, follow me on Twitter, Wade Stotts. And uh, that's that's where you can find me. Yeah, a lot of people were asking the the, the question, who is the host of The Wade Show? Uh, <laughs> now all yeah. secrets have been... Well, removed. yeah, I mean, Oren here, he does put his show his name in the show, but I got it twice, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. superior. You're obviously better at branding than I am. I, you know... Uh, I'll make sure that the blaze takes this under advisement. All right. So uh, Ampler for, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I pronounced all of your weird AEs incorrectly there, but a uh, uh, question for $5 here. The GOP doesn't understand the loyalty of Trump's base because they've never ha- have been that loyal to their own base. I mean, that is most certainly true, right? Like the, the GOP treats their base uh, much better uh, or much worse than the average abused spouse. Uh, it's the, yeah, the, the the spouse with abusive alcoholic has a much better keeper than than the GOP base. So uh, that that is a, a one reason that loyalty is incredibly confusing to them. Yeah, yeah, and not just loyalty to an ideology. Again, like they they're not loyal to their base. They're loyal to sort of their donors, number one, and then also like if they're if they're trying to be not donor centric, then they're ideologically pure and trying to be like, well, I I align the most with Mises. Like that's yeah. me. I mean, if they would just try to align with Mises, we might be slightly better off. But yeah, oh, sure, no, yeah, right. Yeah, if, well, if you're going to yeah. be aligned with something, but yeah, yeah. I, I well, they, they, yeah, if you're if you're competing for Mises's vote, yeah, then, <laughs> right. then you're like, great, cool. But yeah, pe- people, yeah, people uh, are are more central than ideas. Yeah, we're we're never going to get the condition of England question from from the Republican Party. They're never the condition the condition of Alabama is just never going <laughs> to going to be the thing that they ask unfortunately uh and until someone does they're they're never really gonna understand uh what politics is all about all right guys so that said thank you everybody for coming by uh had a great time talking to wade again make sure that you check out his show uh thank you everybody who is joining us uh make sure that of course if you have not subscribed to the channel you go ahead and do so now and if you'd like to catch these broadcasts as podcasts Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the Orrin McIntyre Show on your favorite podcast network. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And as always, we'll talk to you next time.